Faust, Act 4, Scene 1. Martha's Garden Margaret on Faust's arm, Martha with Mistopheles, walking up and down. Margaret I feel it well, tis from pure condescension, you pay to no one like me so much attention. With travellers tis a thing, of course, to be contented with best I find, for sure a man of cultivated mind can have small pleasures in my poor discourse. Faust One look from thee, one word, delights me more than all the world's high-vaunted lore. He kisses her hand. Margaret Oh, trouble not yourself, how could you kiss it so? It is so coarse, so rough, for I must go. Through all the work above stairs and below, mother will have it so. They pass on. Martha. And you, sir, will it still be your delight from place to place to roam? Mistopheles. In this our duty guides us, not our will. With what sad hearts from many a place we go, where we had almost learned to be at home. Martha. When one is young it seems a harmless gamble, thus round and round through the wide world to ramble. But soon the evil day comes on, and as a stiff old bachelor to die, has never yet done good to any one. Mistopheles. I see ahead and fear such wretched fate. Martha. Then, sir, take warning here, it be too late. They pass on. Margaret. Yes, out of sight and out of mind, you see me now and are so kind. But you have friends at home of station high, with far more wit and far more sense than I. Faust Their sense, dear girl, is often nothing more than vain conceit of vain short-sighted lore. Margaret How mean you that? Faust Oh, that the innocent heart and sweet simplicity, unspoiled by art, so seldom knows its own rare quality, that fair humility, that comeliest grace, with bounteous nature sheds on blooming face. Margaret, do thou bestow a moment's thought on me. I shall have time enough to think of thee. Faust, you are then much alone? Margaret, our household is but small, I own, and yet must attend to, we keep no maid, I have the whole to do. Must wash and brush and sew and knit, and cook and early, run and late. And then my mother is, in every wit, so accurate. Not that she needs to pinch her household. We might do much more than others do. My father left a goodly sum, quite free, from debt with a neat house and garden too. Close by the town, just as you pass the gate. We have lived retired enough of late. My brother is a soldier. He is at wars, my little sister's dead. Poor thing, it caused me many an hour of pain, to see it pine and droop its little head, but gladly would I suffer all again, so much I love the child. Faust An angel, if like thee. Margaret I nursed it, and it loved me heartily. My father died before it saw the light. My mother was despaired of quite. So miserably weak she lay, yet she recovered slowly day by day. And as she had not strength herself to suckle the poor helpless elf, she gave it in charge to me, and I, with milk and water, nursed it carefully. Thus in my arm and on my lap it grew, and smiled and crowed and flung its legs about, and called me mother, too. Faust. To thy pure heart the purest joy, no doubt. Margaret. I, 
But full many an hour, heavy with sorrow and with labour sour, the infant's cradle stood beside my bed when it stirred or cried, I must awake. Sometimes to give it drink, sometimes to take it with me to bed and fondle it. And when all this is fretting might not stay, I rose and danced about and dandled it. And after that I must away, to wash the clothes by break of day. I make the markets too, and keep the house for my mother, one weary day just like another. Thus drudging on, the day might lack delights, but food went lightly down, and sleep was sweeter nights. They pass on. Martha a woman's case is not much to be vaunted, a hardened bachelor is hard to mend. Mistopheles. A few apostles such as you were wanted, from evil ways their vagrant steps to bend. Martha. Speak plainly, sir, have you found nothing yet? Are you quite disentangled from the net? Mistopheles. A house and hearth we have been often told, with a good wife is worth its weight in gold. Martha. I mean, sir, have you never felt the want? Mistopheles. A good reception I have always found. Martha. I mean to say, did your heart never pant? Mistopheles. For ladies, my respect is too profound to jest on such serious theme as this. Martha. My meaning still you strangely miss. Mistopheles. Alas, that I should be so blind, one thing I plainly see, that you are very kind. And they pass on. Faust. You knew me then, you little angel, straight, when you beheld me at the garden gate. Margaret. Marked you it not, you saw my downward look. Faust. And you forgive the liberty I took, when from the minster you came out that day, and I, with forward boldness more than meet, then ventured to address you on the street. Margaret. I was surprised, I knew no what to say. No one could speak an evil word of me. Did he, perchance, in my comportment see, out careless or improper of that day, that he should take me for a worthless girl, whom round his little finger he might twirl? Not yet the favourable faults I knew, that even then were rising here for you. One thing I know, myself I sharply chide, that I could treat you then no harshlier than I did. Faust. Sweet love. Margaret. Let go. She plucks a star flower and pulls the petals off one after another. Faust. What's that? A nosegay? Let me see. Margaret. Tis but a game. Faust. How so? Margaret. Go. You would laugh at me. She continues pulling the petals and murmuring to herself. Faust. What are you murmuring now, so sweetly low? Margaret, half loud. He loves me, yes, he loves me, no. Faust. Thou sweet angelic face. Margaret, murmuring as before. He loves me, yes, he loves me, no pulling out the last petal with manifest delight. He loves me, yes! Faust. Yes, child, the fair flower star hath answered yes. In this judgment of the gods approve thee. He loves thee, knowest what it means? He loves thee. He seizes her by both hands. Margaret. I scarce can speak for joy. 
Faust. Fear thee not, love, but let this look proclaim, this pressure of my hand declare, what words can never name, to yield us to ecstasy of joy, and feel this transformed bliss must be, eternal, yes, its end would be despair, it hath no end, no end for thee and me. Margaret presses his hands, makes herself free, and runs away. He stands still for a moment, thoughtfully, then follows her. Martha, coming up. It is getting late. Mistopheles. Yes, and we must away. Martha. I fain would have you stay, but tis an evil neighbourhood, where idle gossips find their only good, their pleasure and their business too, in spying out that their neighbours do, and thus the whole town in a moment knows the veriest trifle. But where is our young pair? Mistopheles. Like wanton birds of summer, through the air, I saw them dart away. Martha. He seems well pleased with her. Mistopheles. And she with him. Tis thus the world goes. Scene 2. A summer house in the garden. Margaret comes springing in and hides herself behind the door of the summer house. She places the point of her finger on her lips and looks through a rent. Margaret. He comes! Faust, coming up. Ha ha, thou cunning soul, and thou wouldest trick me thus, but I have caught thee now. He kisses her. Margaret, clasping him and returning the kiss. Thou best of men, and my whole heart I love thee. Mistopheles heard knocking. Faust, stamping. Who's there? Mistopheles, a friend. Faust, a beast. Mistopheles, tis time now to remove thee. Martha, coming up. Yes, sir, tis getting late. Faust, may I not take you home? Margaret, my mother would. Farewell. Faust, and must I leave you then? Farewell. Martha, adieu. Margaret, right soon to meet again. Exit Faust and Mistopheles. Margaret, alone. Dear God, what such a man as this can think on all and everything? I stand ashamed and simply yes, is the one answer I can bring. I wonder what a man, so learned as he, can find in a poor simple girl like me. Exit. Scene 3. Wood and Cavern. Faust. Alone. Spirit supreme, thou gavest me all, for which I asked thee. Not in vain hast thou turned toward me thy continence in fire. Thou gavest me wide nature for my kingdom, and power to feel it, to enjoy it. Not cold gaze of wonder gavest thou me alone, but even into her bosom's depth to look, as it might be the bosom of a friend. The grand array of living things thou madest, to pass before me madest me know my brothers, in silent bush, in water, and in air. And when the straining storm loud roars and raves through the dark forest and the giant pine, Root wretched tears all the neighbouring branches down, and neighbouring stems, and strews the ground with wreck. 
Unto their fall the hollow mountain thunders, then dost thou guide me to the cave, where safe I learn to know myself, and from my breast deep and mysterious wonders are enfolded, then mounts the pure white moon before mine eyes, with mellow ray in her softening light. From rocky wall, from humid brake, up float the silvery shapes of time gone by, and soothe the painful pleasures of deep brooding thought. Alas, that man enjoys no perfect bliss, I feel it now, thou gavest me with this joy, which brings me nearer and nearer to the gods, a fellow whom I cannot do without. All cold and heartless, he debases me before myself, and with a single breath blows all the bounties of thy love to mount, and fans within my breast of raging fire, for that fair image busy to do ill. Thus real I from desire unto enjoyment, and enjoyment languish for desire. Enter Mistopheles. Mistopheles. What? Not yet tired of meditation? Methinks this is a sorrow recreation. To try it once or twice might do, but then again to something new. Faust. You might employ your time some better way than thus to plague me on a happy day. Mistopheles. Well, well, I do not grudge you quiet. You need my aid and you cannot deny it. There is not much to lose, I trow, with one so harsh and gruff and mad as thou. Toil, moil, from morn to even, so on it goes. And what one should and what one should not do, one cannot always read it on your nose. Faust. This is the proper tone for you. Annoy me first, and then my thanks adieu. Mistopheles. Poor son of earth, without my timed assistance, how had you ever dragged on your existence? From freakish fancies, fevered effervescence, I have worked long ago with your convalescence. And, but for me, you would have marched away in your best youth from the blessed light of day. What have you here in caves and clefts to do, like an old owl screeching to it to whom? Or like a torpid toad that sits alone, sipping the oozing moss and dripping stone, a precious condition to be in. I see the doctor sticks yet in your skin. Faust. Couldst thou but know what reborn vigour springs from this lone wandering in the wilderness? Couldst thou conceive what heavenly joy it brings? Then wert thou fiend enough to envy me my bliss. Mistopheles. A super mundane bliss, in night and dew to lie upon the heart and clasp the heaven and the earth in the wild delight to swell up the godhead's stature and pierce with clear miraculous sight the inmost pith of central nature to carry in your breast with strange elation the ferment of the whole six days creation with proud anticipation of I know not what to glow in rapturous overflow and melt into the universal mind casting the paltry sun of earth behind and then the heaven-sprung intuition with a gesture to end, I shall not say in what fruition. Faust. Shame on thee. Mistopheles. Yes, that's not quite to your mind. You have a privilege to cry out shame when things are mentioned by the proper name. Before chaste ears, one may not dare to spell what chastest hearts yet cannot do without. I do not envy you the pleasure of palming lies upon yourself at leisure. But long it cannot last, I warrant thee. You return to your old whims, I see. 
and at this rate you soon will wear your strength away in madness and despair. Of this enough, thy love sits waiting thee, in doubt and darkness, cabined and confined, by day, by night, she has thee in her mind. I trow she loves thee in no common kind, thy raging passion gan to flow, like a torrent in spring from melted snow, into her heart thy tide gushed high, now is thy shallow streamlet dry. Instead of standing here to overbrim, with fine ecstatic rapture to the trees, methinks the mighty gentleman might please, to drop some words of fond regard, to ease the sweet young chick who droops and pines for him. Poor thing, she is half dead of envy, and at the window stands whole hours to see. The clouds pass by the old town wall along, were I a little bird, so goes her song. The live long day and half the night to boot, sometimes she will be merry, mostly sad, now like a child, weeping her sorrows out, now calm and again to look at, never glad, always in love. Faust, thou snake, thou snake. Mistopheles, to himself. So be it, that my guile thy stubborn will may break. Faust. Hence and be gone, thou son of filth and fire. Name not the lovely maid again. Bring not that overmastering desire, once more to tempt my poor bewildered brain. Mistopheles. What then? She deems that you are gone forever, and half and half methinks you are. Faust. No. I am high, and were I never so far, I could forget her, I could lose her never, I envy even the body of the Lord, when on the sacred cake her lips she closes. Mistopheles, yes, to be honest and confess my sins, I oft have envied thee thy lovely twins, that have their fragrant pasture among roses. Faust, avaunt thou pimp. Mistopheles, rail you, and I will laugh. The god who made the human stuff, both male and female, if the book don't lie, himself the noblest trade knew well enough how to carve out an opportunity. But come, why peak and pine you here? I led you to the chamber of your dear, not to the gallows. Faust. Ah, what were heaven's supremest blessedness? Within her arms, upon her breast, to me. Must I not still be wrong with agony, that I should plunge her into such distress? I... The poor fugitive, outlaw from my kind, without a friend, without a home, without restless heart and aimless mind, unblessed, unblessing, ever doomed to roam, who, like a waterfall from rock to rock, came roaring, with greedy rage into the cauldron pouring, while she, a heedless infant, rears, sidewards her hut upon the alpine field, with all her hopes and all her fears, within this little world concealed, and I, the god detested, not content, to seize the rocks in my, and in my headlong bent, to shatter them to dust with ruthless tide, her little shielding on the mountainside, bore down and wrecked her life's sweet peace with mine, and such an offering, hell, must it be thine? Help devil to cut short the hour of ill, what happened must, may happen when it will, may her sad fate my crashing fall attend, and she with me be ruined in the end. Mistopheles. Lo, how it boils again and blows, like furnace whereforth no man knows. Go in, thou fool, and let her borrow from thee, sweet solace to her sorrow. When such a brain-sick dreamer sees no road where he to walk may please, he stands and stares like Balaam's ass, as if a god did not block the pass. 
A man's a man who does and dares. In other points you're spiced not scantily with the devil. Nothing more silly moves on Earth's wide level than is a devil who despairs. Scene 4. Margaret's Room. Margaret, alone at a spinning wheel. Margaret. My rest is gone, my heart is sore. Peace find I never and never more. Where he is not, life is the tomb. The world is bitterness and gloom. Crazed is my poor distracted brain. My thread of thought is rent in twain. My rest is gone, my heart is sore. Peace find I never and never more. I look from the window for none but him. I go abroad for only him. His noble air, his bearing high. The smile of his mouth, the might of his eye. And when he speaks, what flow of bliss. The clasp of his hand, and ah, his kiss. My rest is gone, my heart is sore. Peace find I never and never more. My bosom swells and pants for him. Oh, that I might clasp him and cling to him, and kiss him and kiss him. The live long day, and on his kisses melt away. Scene 5. Martha's Garden. Margaret and Faust. Margaret. Promise me, Henry. Faust. What I can. Margaret. Of your religion I am fain to hear. I know thou art a most kind-hearted man. But as to thy belief, I fear... Faust. Fear not, thou knowest I love thee well, and know from whom I love my life's last drop shall flow. For other men I have nor wish nor need to rob them of their church or of their creed. Margaret. That's not enough. You must believe it too. Faust. Must I? Margaret. Alas, that I might work some change on you, not even the holy mass do you revere. Faust. I do revere it. Margaret. Yes, but without desire. At mass and at confession too, I fear. Thou hast not shown thyself this many a year. Dost thou believe in God? Faust. My love, who dares aspire to say he doth believe in God? Mayst ask thy priests and sages all, their answer seems like mockery to fall upon the asker's ears. Margaret. Then thou dost not believe? Faust. Misunderstand me not, thou sweet angelic face. Who dares pronounce his name, and who proclaim, I do believe in him, and who dares presume to utter, I believe him not? The all-embracer, the all-upholder, Grasps and upholds he not thee, me, himself? Vaults not the heaven his vasty dome above thee? Stand not the earth's foundations firm beneath thee? And climb not with benignant beaming? Up heaven's slope the eternal stars? Looks not mine eye now into thine? And feelest thou not an innate force propelling thy tide of life to head and heart? A power that, in eternal mystery dwelling, invisible, visible moves beside thee? Go! Fill thy heart therewith, in all its greatness, and when thy heart brims with its feeling, then call it what thou wilt, heart, happiness, love, God. I have no name for that which passes all revealing, feeling is all in all, name is but smoke and sound, and shielding heaven's pure glow. Margaret, 
All that appears most pious and profound, much of the same our parson says, only he clothes it in a different phrase. Faust. All places speak it forth, all hearts from farthest south to farthest north proclaim the tale divine, each in its proper speech. Wherefore not I in mine? Margaret. When thus you speak it, does not seem so bad, and yet is your condition still most sad, unless you are a Christian, all is vain. Faust. Sweet love. Margaret. Henry, it gives me pain, more than my lips can speak, to see thee join to such strange company. Faust. How so? Margaret. The man whom thou hast made thy mate, deep in my inmost soul I hate, Nothing in all my life hath made me smart, so much as his disgusting leer. His face stabs like a dagger through my heart. Faust. Sweet doll, thou hast no cause to fear. Margaret. It makes my blood to freeze when he comes near. To other men I have no lack of kindly thoughts, but as I long to see thy face, I shudder back from him. That he's a knave I make no doubt. May God forgive me if I do him wrong. Faust. Such grim old owls must be. Without their help, the world could not get on, I fear. Margaret. With men like him, I would have nought to do, as often as he shows him here. He looks in at the door with such a scornful leer, half angry too. Whatever is done, he takes no kindly part. No one can see it written on his face. He never loved a son of Adam's race. Henry, within thy loving arm I feel so free, so trustful warm. But when his foot comes near, I start, and feel a freezing grip tie up my heart. Faust. O oh, thou prophetic angel, thou. Margaret. This overpowers me so, that when his icy foot may cross the door, I feel as if I could not love thee more. When he is here, too, I could never pray, thus eats my very heart, and I'll say, Henry, it's not the same with thee. Faust. Nay, now, this is mere blind antipathy. Margaret. I must be gone. Faust. Oh, may it never be that I shall spend one quiet hour with thee, one single little hour, and breast on breast, and soul on soul with panting love be pressed. Margaret. Alas, but I did sleep alone this night, the door unbarred thy common should invite, but my good mother has but broken sleep, and if she hears an inkling got, then were I dead upon the spot. Faust. Sweet angel, that's an easy fence to leap. Here's a juice whose grateful power can steep. Her senses in a slumber soft and deep. Three drops mixed with her evening draught will do. Margaret. I would adventure this and more for you. Of course, there's nothing hurtful in the vial. Faust. If so, would I advise the trial? Margaret. Thou best of men, if I but look on thee, all will desert me to thy wish untrue. So much already have I done for thee, that now scarce aught remains for me to do. Exit. Enter Mistopheles. Mistopheles. Well, is the monkey gone? Faust. And you, must I submit again to see you play the spy? Mistopheles. I have been duly advertised how Dr. Faust was catechised. I hope it will agree with you. The girls are wont. They have their reasons, too. 
To see that one in every point believes the faith that from his fathers he receives. They think, if little metal here he shows, we too may lead him by the nose. Faust. Thou monster, dost not know how this fond soul, who yields her being's whole to God, and feels and knows that from such faith alone her salvation flows, with many an anxious holy fear is tossed, lest he whom best she loves should be for ever lost. Mistopheles. Thou super-sensual, sensual fool, the silly girl takes thee to school. Faust. Thou son of filth and fire, thou monster, thou. Mistopheles. And then her skill in reading faces is not the least of all her graces. When I come near, she feels, she knows not how, and through my mask can read it on my brow, that I must be, if not the very devil, a genius far above the common level. And now, tonight, Faust, what's that to thee? Mistopheles, what brings my master joy, brings joy to me. Scene 6. At the well, Margaret and Eliza, with water pitchers. Eliza, have you heard now of Barbara? Margaret, nothing at all, I seldom stray from home to hear other folks' affairs. Eliza, you may not believe my every wit. Sibylla told me today, she too has been befooled, that comes of it, when people give themselves such airs. Margaret, how so? Eliza, tis rank. She eats and drinks for two, not for one. Margaret, poor girl. Eliza, well, well, she has herself to thank. How long did she not hang upon the fellow? Yes, that was a parading. A dancing and a promenading must always be before the rest, and to wines and pasties be pressed. Began then to be proud of her beauty, and was so reckless of her duty, as to take presents from him too. That was a cooing and a caressing, no wonder if the flower too be a missing. Margaret, I pity her. Eliza, methinks you have not too much to do. When we were not allowed to venture o'er the threshold, night and day kept close at spinning, there stood she with her paramour upon the branch before the door, or in the lane and hour for hour, scarce knew the end from the beginning. Tis time that she should go to school and learn on the repentant stool. Margaret, but he will take her for his wife. Eliza, he marry her, not for his life. An active youth like him can find wherever he pleases quarters to his mind. Besides, he's gone. Margaret. That was not fair. Eliza. And if he should come back, she'll not enjoy him more. Her marriage wreath the boys will tear, and we will stew chopped straw before the door. Exit. Margaret. Going homewards. How could once I boldly child, when a poor maiden stepped aside, and scarce found words enough for name, the measure of her sister's shame? If it was black, I blackened it yet more, and with that blackness not content, more thickly still laid on the paint, and blessed my stars as cased in mail against the frailties of the frail. And now myself and what I chide before, yet was each step that lured my slippery feet so good, so lovely, so enticingly sweet. Scene 7 An Enclosed Area 
In a niche on the wall, an image of the matted Dolorosa, with flower jugs before it. Margaret, placing fresh flowers in the jugs. O mother rich in sorrows, bend down to hear my cry. O bend thee, gracious mother, to my sore agony. Thy heart with swords is pierced, and tears are in thine eye. And because they made thy dear son a cruel death to die, thou lookest up to heaven, and deeply thou dost sigh. His God and thine beholds thee, and heals thine agony. O oh, who can know what bitter woe doth pierce me through and through? The fear, the anguish of my heart, it's every pang, it's every smart. Knowest thou, and only thou, and wheresoever I wend me. What woes, what woes attend me, and how my bosom quakes, and in my chamber lonely, with weeping, weeping only, my heart for sorrow breaks. These foul pots on the window I wet with tears, ah me, when with early morning I pluck these flowers for thee, and when the morn's first sunbeam into my room was shed, I sat in deepest anguish, and watched it on my bed. Oh, save me, mother of sorrows, unto my prayer give heed, by all the sores that pierce thee, who save me in my need. Scene 8 Night Street before Margaret's door. Enter Valentin. Valentin. When I sat with our merry men at a carousal now and then, where one may be allowed a boast, and my messmates gave toast for toast, to the girl they prized the most, and with a bumper they swirled over their praise when they could praise no more, I'd sit at ease and lean upon my elbow while they prattled on, till all the swaggerers had done, and smile and stroke my beard and fill the goodly rumour to my hand, and say, all that is very well, but is there one in all the land that with my Margaret may compare, or even tie the shoe to her? Rap, rap, cling, clang, so it went round from man to man, with gleesome sound, and one cried out with lusty breath, yes, Gretchen, Gretchen, she's the girl of womanhood, the perfect pearl, and all the braggarts were dumb as death, and now the devil's in the matter. It is enough to make one clatter like a rat along the walls. Shall every bore with jibe and jeer turn up his nose when I appear, and every pettiest word that falls me like a purseless debtor torture, and though I bruise them in a mortar, I could not say that they were wrong. What comes apace, what creeps along? A pair of them come slinking by. If tis the man I look for, I will dust his coat so well he'll not. By Jove, go loving from this spot retires. Enter Faust and Mistopheles. Faust. As from the window of the vestry there, the light of the undying lamp doth glare, and sideways gleameth, dimmer still and dimmer, till darkness closes round its fitful glimmer, so murky is it in my soul. Mistopheles. And I've a qualmish sort of feeling, like a cat on a rainy day, creeping round the wall and stealing near the fireplace if it may. Yet am I in most virtuous trim for a small turn at stealing or at lechery, so jumps already through my every limb. Valpurgus knacked with all its glorious witchery, the day after tomorrow brings again the feast with fun and frolic in its train. Faust. Is it not time that you were raising the treasures there in the distance blazing? Mistopheles. Soon shall you sate your eyes with gazing, and lift up from the urn yourself a little minor precious pelf, 
I gave it a side glance before, saw lion dollars by the score. Faust. Is there no gown, no jewellery at all, to deck my sweet little mistress withal? Mistopheles. Oh yes, I saw some trinkets for the girls, a sort of necklace strung with pearls. Faust. Tis well that we have this to give her, for empty-handed go I never. Mistopheles. And yet a wise man ought to learn, to enjoy gratis as well as to earn. Now that the stars are bright and clear the sky, I'll give you a touch of choicest melody. A moral song that, while we seem to school her, with the more certainty we may befool her. Sings to the guitar. Why stands before her lover's door, young Catherine here, at early break of day? Beware, beware, he lets thee in, a maiden in, a maiden not away. When full it blows, he breaks the rose, and leaves thee then, a wretched outcast thing. Take warning then, and yield to none, be who hath shown, and changed with thee the ring. Valentin. Ho, serenaders, by the element! You horse and rascals, you rat catchers, you! First, to the devil with the instrument, and after it, the harp too. Mestopheles. Donner and Blitz, my good guitar is broken. Valentin. And your skull, too, anon, be sure this token. Mestopheles. Quick, doctor, here's no time to tarry, keep away as I shall lead the way. Go with your goose wings out, I say, make your thrusts and I will parry. Valentin. Then parry that. Mestopheles. Why not? Valentin, and that! Mistopheles, of course. Valentin, I deem the devil is here, or something worse. Good God, what's this? My arm is lamed. Mistopheles, to Faust. Have at him there. Valentin, falls. Oh, woe! Mistopheles, now is the lubber tamed. Let's be gone. Why stand you gaping there? They'll raise a cry of murder. I can play a game with the policeman any day. But blood spilt is a dangerous affair. Exit Mistopheles and Faust. Martha, at the window. Ho! Murder, ho! Margaret at the window. Margaret, at the window. A light, a light! Martha, as above. They brawl, they brawl, they strike, they fight. The people. And here lies one already dead. Martha, appearing below. Where are the murderers? Are they fled? Margaret. Who's this lies here? The people. Thy mother's son. Margaret. Almighty God, my brother dead? Valentin. I die, I die. Tis quickly said, and yet more quickly done. Why stand you, women, and weep and wail? Draw near and listen to my tale. They all come round him. My Margaret, mark me, you are young and in sense not overstrong. You manage matters ill. I tell thee in thine ear that thou art, once for all, a, a strumpet. Now mayest go and take thy fill. Margaret. My brother, God, what do you mean? Valentin. Leave the Lord God out of the jest. Said is said and done is done. Now you may manage, as you best know how to help the matter on. You commence the trade with one, we shall have two, three, four and none, next a dozen and next a score, and then the whole town at your door. When sin is born it shuns the light, but conscious guilt may not abide it. 
and they draw the veil of night over head and ears to hide it. Yeah, they would murder it if they might, but anon it waxes bolder, and walks about in broad daylight, and uglier still it grows older. The less it offers to invite, the more it courts the public sight. Even now methinks I see the day, and every honest citizen, as from a corpse of tainted glay, from thee, thou whore, will turn away, thou very heart shall fail thee then, when they shall look thee in the face, no more shall golden chain thee grace, the church shall spurn thee from its door, the altar shall not own thee more, nor longer with thy spruce lace tippet, where the dance wheels shalt thou trip it, in some vile den of wanton woe, with beggars and crippers thou shalt bed, and if from heaven forgiveness flow, earth shall rain curses on thy head. Martha Speak softly, and prepare thy soul for death, nor mingle slander with thy parting breath. Valentin Could I but reach thy withered skin, thou hag, thou bored, so vile and shameless, for such fair deed I might pass blameless, to score the black mark from my blackest sin. Margaret Brother, thou markest me feel a hell of pain. Valentin, I tell thee, all thy tears are vain. When with thy honour thou didst part, thou dealt the blow that pierced my heart. I go through death with fearless mood to meet my God as a soldier should. Dies. Scene 9. A cathedral. Mass organ and song. Margaret amid a crowd of people, evil spirit behind her. Evil spirit. How different, Margaret, was thy case, when in thy innocence thou didst kneel before the altar, and from the well-worn book didst lisp thy prayers, half childish play, half God in thy heart. Margaret, where is thy head within thy heart? What dire misdeed prayest thou for thy mother's soul, whom thou didst make to sleep a long, long sleep of sorrow, whose blood is on thy threshold, and underneath thy heart, moves not the swelling germ of life already, and with its boding presence the tortures and itself. Margaret, woe, woe, that I might shake away the thoughts that hither, flit and tither against me. Choir. Dea sire, Dea sila. Solvet se glum in favila. The organ sounds. Evil spirit, terror doth seize thee. The trumpet sounds, the grave quakes, and thy heart, from its rest of ashes, to fiery pain, created again, quivers of life. Margaret, would I were hence, I feel as if the organ stopped, my breath, and at the hymn my inmost heart melted away. Choir. Judex ergo cum sedebit, quid quid latet apparepit, nil in ultum ramenbit. Margaret. I feel so straitened, the pillar's shaft enclasp me around, the vault is closing o'er me. Eh! Evil spirit. Yea, let them hide thee, but thy sin and shame no vault can hide. Eh! Light. No. Woe on thee, woe! Choir. Quid surmiser tum dicturus, quem patronum rogatorus, cum vix justus sit securus. 
evil spirit. The blessed turn their looks away, and the pure shudder from touch of thee. Woe! Margaret, neighbour, help, help, I faint. She falls down in a swoon. End of Act Fourth.